mercy. But we're never having to come to God and try to talk Him into mercy. We are already dwelling in an incredible wealth of mercy by being the sons and daughters of God through adoption in Christ Jesus. Um, So we just want to clarify that that song is not begging and then God might say yes or no. If we are in Christ, we, we get to ask for mercy and then like so many things, we immediately get to respond with gratitude back to the Father who's promised. We are continuing in John 17. So if you want to turn there, and we're, we're focusing on one particular verse out of that passage. Uh, this is, again, Jesus' high priestly prayer, praying for the disciples and then also praying for, for the rest of us who would continue through all the centuries ahead to become believers because of their testimony. And verse 24, Jesus says this, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory, which you've given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. And so here, out of John 17, verse 24, Jesus is ultimately praying for two things. He's saying, I want them to be with me, and I'm praying that they would see my glory. And I apologize ahead of time. I I don't know if it appeared on the screen. But every now and then I touch things with my hand or my palm or my elbow or my back foot. And something changes on the screen. So while I keep learning this, uh, please be gracious and merciful to me. So that first thing that Jesus is praying... And, and again, everything he's praying through this prayer, Jesus is basically having, sharing this agreement with the Father. He's saying, Father, if I die, let's get this stuff done. I'm, I'm praying for things that can be accomplished for my death. And if we can get these things accomplished, I will agree with you, Father, that my death is well worth it to me. So that Jesus is agreeing with the Father and the Father and the Spirit in agreement with Jesus. That if we can be with Jesus and see His glory, His death will be profitable. It will be worth it to Jesus to lay down His life if we can be with Him. And we're going to look at 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 least two aspects of of being with Him and seeing His glory. And one I'll I'll sort of call the, the... the ultimate fulfillment of this prayer. And we're going to go to Revelation 21 and Revelation 22. And so here as as John, the same John who wrote the gospel, is now writing this last book of Revelation, this last exploration and 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 revealing of the will and the plan and the outcomes of God. And we come to chapter 21 and it starts this way. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. There is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven 
from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away, and he who sits on the throne says, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he says to John, Write this stuff down, because these words are faithful and true. And then just flip over to one chapter, 22.3. There will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His bondservants will see Him. And they will see His face. And his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night. And they will not have need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun. Because the Lord God will illumine them. And they will reign forever and ever. And for most of us, if we didn't already believe this was true, we wouldn't even be in this room. But this is the ultimate fulfillment of what Jesus is praying for. He's saying, Father, I'm praying that through my death we accomplish this. That all these despicable sinners whom I love will be with us for eternity. And here we have the description that we will be with him. We'll see him face to face. And I know many of you have been through this moment in various ways. But I, I remember when my mom died, probably about... 17 years ago, 18 years ago. And Carrie walks into the, into the room about 5.30 in the morning and tells me that my mom has passed away. And I know I've shared this before, but I, I started laughing and I started crying. And I was crying because I knew we were going to miss her. And I was crying for Carrie and Aaron because she was more of a mom to my wife than her own mom had been. And, and she was the only grandmother, the only grandparent of the four that was really invested in Aaron. And so I grieved that, that that was now missing from the earth. And you know why I was laughing. I was laughing because of this. And, and I really believe that that was one of the few times in my life where God gave me a vision. And it, and it wasn't something that I think God was showing me where he was saying it's exactly like this. But that somehow in grace, the Holy Spirit was just saying, it's sort of like this. And all of a sudden, I just had a vivid, vivid picture of my mom, young. She had, she had been ravaged by cancer for over a year. Young and vibrant and healthy, just running and leaping into the arms of Jesus. And he grabbed her and held her and spun her around. And both of their faces were beaming with joy. Something like that really happened. And that's the fulfillment of Jesus' prayer. And he's saying, in this eternal kingdom, that will be true for every man, woman, and child who's put their faith in Jesus Christ. We get to come be with him. And he also said that we would see his glory. And he says this in verse, go back to 21, verse 22. Of Revelation. I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God has illumined it. And its lamp. That the glow that gives light to this place. 
is the Lamb. And then back to 22, verse 5. And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. So that John here is, is prophetically giving us that vision that we will both see him and we will be illuminated by his glory. And there won't be anything in the way. And we've talked about this lots of times. At this point, there will be no guilt. There will be no shame. There will be no misunderstandings. There will be literally nothing in the way so that we're able to, to taste and, and sense and experience the fullness of his love and his joy, of his acceptance. To see his glory without it destroying us. We have over and over again in scripture times when, when people are just floored by the glory of angels. Where just angels show up and they're flat on their face in fear. And John even did that in this book when he was in heaven. And he kept seeing angels and falling on his face. But you and I will be equipped to actually be in the full presence of God and see his glory. And it won't destroy us. It, it will be the glory that we were originally designed to live in. It will be what we were originally designed for. And that might sound like pie in the sky by and by. But it's worth recognizing there is something about Jesus' prayer that means you and I get to agree with that prayer and that we're not waiting for a future day to be growing in the fulfillment of these things Jesus asked for. So, we had the passage read for us a little earlier. Larry read for us. Oops, that's, uh, that's sort of like an, a C. So let's go to Colossians 1. I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 3. Did I say 1? Okay. Ignore what I say and pay attention to what I mean. Okay, here in Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Now, part of what God is saying here in this passage is saying that being with Jesus, that's a done deal. One day the full revelation of it will be shown to us. One day the full experience of it will be available to us. But part of what he's saying is have this mindset and, and so many times through the New Testament, God's talking about a mindset. Learn to think this way. The difference between a mindset and a doctrine is I could write down a doctrine. I could nail it on the wall. I could stick it in the back of my Bible. Um, I could do all kinds of things with it and still not let it become the way I think. And so part of what God is saying is here is keep working on this. That in joyful agreement with God, this becomes the way we think. It becomes the way we think on Monday while we're going to work. It becomes the way we, we think on Friday afternoon when we're wiped out from the week. It becomes when we think of while we're in a difficult conversation with a husband or a wife or a child. It becomes the way we think 
while we're facing temptation, while the enemy is attacking. It becomes the way we think when something good we've done not only doesn't seem to work and pay off, it actually seems to blow up in our face. And God is saying, please keep thinking this way. The real you is really with Jesus. Your life is hidden in him. Don't be distracted by the temporary. Don't put the temporary above the eternal. And so this is a way of thinking. It's not just a doctrine to believe. And then the whole rest of what Larry read for us, where he's talking about putting away the old things and then putting on the new and putting on love and putting on forgiveness and putting on unity and putting on tenderness and care and compassion. He's saying that's the outworking of you and I really coming to have a mindset that we agree with the Father, that we are with Jesus. And he is with us. And that's practical growth. Again, it's not just do I believe that doctrine, but I get to keep growing in the way I live my believer's life because more and more I see the things that the God says, they're actually factually, practically true. They are real. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. That's about a revelation. It's not about it suddenly happening. It's already done. And we won't go read it right now because we've read it about 5,000 times. But in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, where he talks about the fact that not by grace, I mean, not by works, but by grace we've been saved through faith. Right before that, he says... God made you alive, past tense, raised you up, past tense, seated you in Christ, past tense. And we know this. But again, God's saying, please go past knowing it to thinking that way while you do the day, while you do the rough moment and the difficult moment, and, and to celebrate that. And again, we just celebrated communion. It was that death that purchased this life. It was that death that purchased you and I having the authority and the right to picture ourselves with Jesus right now, even though one day we will fully experience that. But he also said, I want them to see my glory. So if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we'll see if I wrote down the right verses. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 3. And there's no way that I wrote down the wrong. If you can find verse 23 in, in that chapter, let me know. Because then you've, you've got the wrong Bible. So, do you have a ruler up there? It's a, it's a nice ruler. We'll, we'll just... So let's look at verse 18. Oh my gosh. Now, and one of the things he's talking about in, in, second chapter, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he's talking about the fact that in Israel, when Moses came down from the mountain, from having seen and worked with God face to face, he was literally glowing with the glory of God. And in fact, it was so terrifying and intimidating to people that Moses agreed to wear a veil over his face. 
And we won't go too far into that event because Moses also didn't handle that in perfect humility at every time. But that recognition that the glory of God was visibly effective and intimidating. And now he's saying, now Israel, if to whatever extent the Jews would re reject Jesus Christ, now they had a veil over their mind. Now they were hiding from the glory of God because they were refusing to see who Jesus is. They were refusing to accept Jesus as their Messiah. And again, it's like a veil over their mind. But here's what he says about us. But we all, in verse 18, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Now Paul is, is he's assuming something in the way he says this. He's assuming that you and I are busy looking at the glory of Jesus. He's assuming that we're already committed to that. And that as we keep looking at the glory of Jesus Christ, it's changing us. And we, we even talked about this in Sunday school that we have in, in 1 John 3, we have this promise that one day we will see Jesus and we'll become like him because we'll see him as he really is. That will be the ultimate fulfillment. And that part of it is you and I get to agree. I'm, I refuse to wait for that day. I mean, literally, that that becomes our mindset. I refuse to wait for that day because I want to be looking at Jesus now and seeing him more and more and more for who he really is so that it changes me. And we have, actually go to Gospel John in chapter 1. This beautiful, beautiful phrasing that John uses at the first chapter of that gospel. Starting in verse 14, he says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so here, is, as John is talking about Seeing the glory of Jesus. Please notice, he uses the past tense. John is writing this gospel and he's saying, I saw the glory of Jesus. I personally saw. And he uses that kinds of phrasing several times through the gospel. He's saying, I saw these events. I touched these events. I tasted and experienced these events. I have seen the glory of Jesus Christ. And part of what that makes possible for you and I, and I, and I pray that we would have this as a genuine, a, a genuine willingness and then a genuine plan, is I get to go read the book of John and see what he saw. I get to go read the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke and experience what the disciples experience. And that you and I get to do this. And, and this is a challenge, but I think it's actually part of our calling as believers. That I bring the full power of my imagination to the reading of the Gospels. That I actually determined to see the movie that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are showing me. That I want to be there in those moments and in those experiences. That I'm not just quickly reading through a text. That you and I go to the Gospels and, and we're actually saying... 
Father, show me more of the glory of Jesus. Father, show me more of the heart and the mind of your son. Show me more of the reality of Jesus Christ to whom I belong. And keep changing me while I see him more. So, you know, I I could just add so many things to this. But if you could imagine. So we have this passage where uh, a widow in Luke a widow is taking her son to his burial. She lived in a little town called Nain. And she's taking her son, her only son, and then she will have no one left. And on her way to bury her son, Jesus comes across the funeral procession. And, and Luke 7 says that Jesus had compassion on this widow who now had no one. And Jesus goes up to this dead son and says, get up. And he rises and speaks. And Jesus presents the son back to his mother. And it says the people were terrified. There was a large group coming out from town for this burial. And if you and I had been there, if we'd been one of the citizens of Nain, and we had just watched a compassionate teacher, and maybe we would heard about him, maybe we hadn't, But he comes up and he speaks life to a dead boy and presents a a heartbroken widow with the restoration of her son. And we would know, I just saw the glory of God. And if we had been there, maybe with our rock, ready to stone a prostitute because she was caught red-handed in her sin... And then we watch this teacher come along and not just grant her forgiveness and grace, but grant her power and authority to live a new life. And maybe even more important, recognizing I am that prostitute. You are that prostitute. I'm not making any assumptions about your history. We are that that one guilty, caught red-handed in our sin, And to look up from from the moment that she expected to be stoned to death. And she looks up into the face of the one granting her forgiveness. Granting her new life. And if we could be that woman at that moment and we looked into that face, we would know, I am looking into the face of incredible glory. And we are that woman looking into that face. And we could go to passage after passage, event after event in Jesus' life, where if we bring our hearts and our minds and our imaginations, God says, I will equip you, if you're willing and you ask for it, I will equip you to personally see the glory of my Son, and it will change you. And that's what Jesus is praying for here. And as as I've said, I think every week while we've been going through this, everything Jesus prays for, I get to pray it with him so that I'm in alignment with his will. I'm, I'm in agreement with the things he's desiring to accomplish out of his death. That I don't, he doesn't have to fight me to get it done. I'm lining up to get it done. And he loves that when we line up to get done the things he's already desiring. Now, we're going to go ahead and and wrap it up for today. And here's what's amazing. 
It's not even noon yet. Oh, well, I don't want to, oh, well. Miracles still happen. Okay. <laughs> Let's pray together. Jesus, you prayed that we would be with you. And you prayed that we would see your glory. And we want to agree with you and, and, and celebrate and be aware of this. One day, every single man, woman, and child in this room who's put their faith in your death on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. We will experience being with you and seeing your glory in inconceivable perfection. And it will then be our destiny for all of eternity to keep experiencing and enjoying your loving presence, your joyful presence, your amazing, graceful welcome. And Father, I do thank you that for many of us, we know brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and grandparents, best friends, children, husbands and wives who've already had that moment, who have already entered your presence and have seen the fullness of your glory. And rather than being destroyed by that glory, rather than being terrified by that glory, they were welcomed into that glory. They were fulfilled and became everything they were designed to be. Because they entered into your glorious presence, Jesus. But we also want to thank you and we also want to agree with you that you do not want us waiting. Father, help us to have this wisdom that we would choose to grow in being with you. We would comprehend that we are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. That we would comprehend that our life is hidden in you, Jesus. That we wouldn't see these as little philosophical statements or doctrinal statements. Father, help me to keep growing. Help each one of us to keep growing. That we agree that this will be how we think more and more. That we take this into our marriages. We take this into our parent-child relationships. We take this into our difficult relationships. We take it into our heartbreaks. We take it into our triumphs and our sorrows. That we take this way of thinking into more and more of our moments of life. And we allow you to change us through it. So Father, we choose these things in agreement with Jesus' prayer. Help us to grow in being with you, Jesus. Help us to grow in seeing your glory. And help us to be transformed from glory to glory ourselves. As we contemplate your presence and your glory. In real life. And we agree on these things, Father, together as the body of Christ. We agree on these purposes. We agree on these goals out of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen.